छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Welcome to Don't Read the Latin. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lovely. This is Rise Hall and Jillian Venters. Uh, we're having a uh, special recording tonight where uh, the theme is lesser known or, how did we put it? More obscure, I guess. Yeah, lesser known, a little more obscure vampire movies. Vampire movies. Vampires. I, I am here in my Bell Lugosi's dead skirt. I have my replica Ankh from The Hunger. I am here, my cliches. Let me tell you about them. <laughs> oh, I should have worn my fangs. <laughs> <laughs> have you perfected po- talking without lisping in them yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't have the Transylvanian accent like some people. <laughs> so, what has everyone seen? I have been watching a lot of stuff lately, and I admit, some of it was garbage. <laughs> when we decided we were going to do a lesser-known vampires thing, my brain immediately said, you've never seen a lesser-known vamp- vampire movie. Even though I have Which literally is not true. seen hundreds of <laughs> vampire movies. Um, but everyone knows all about them, right? So then I immediately felt like I had to get online and try to find some vampire movies to watch. So I watched a show from England, which is a comedy called Young Dracula, and it is awful. (laughs) I've seen gift sets of it. It looks pretty awful. I made it through like 15, 20 minutes. And then I could have no more. Um... So then I finally decided to watch this movie, Spring, which has been recommended to me. It's by the guys that did The Endless, and I really liked it. I thought it was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a nice, it's a horror slash love story. Um, It gets lumped in with being Lovecrafty, but it's not Lovecrafty. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's the ancient. Right. And I liked all of it except the ending. Yeah. I was like, don't don't give up eternal life. For this, for this. That's going to last like. You're gonna this last, boy you met on you're spring last break. like what 32 days, and yeah. then and, and um, you, you'll have given up eternity for him. Yeah. No. There him. is a show on Netflix called, like, Great Interior Designs. I think I've... Like, I am totally hooked on it. <laughs> because, like, there are these people. There's one where there's Are they the really lady. wacky? The really kind of wacky places where the guy, like, has his uh, indoor um, aquarium and, like... they. I saw the aquarium one... There's one where these people moved in and they bought like an old Elks Lodge and they turned it into a, I don't even know what to call it. It's still a, you can still rent it for public events, but they have cut their, um, like Ukrainian or Russian painters and every wall has a giant mural on it. And they're all these super rich, super bright colors and it is gorgeous. Oh, how pretty. Or there's like a guy that they're like... Oh, I bought an old boat and I'm going to turn it into an apartment. Yeah. Was one episode. And so each episode starts with a guy or a woman or a couple that are building something. Yeah. And then you check back and then they're like, but, 
over here, this guy's made his apartment into a dollhouse. And they go yeah. to the dollhouse okay. apartment, and then they're like, let's check back in on Ned building the boat. And one of them, there's one where this girl has a dollhouse apartment and it is horrific, but beautiful. It's got like a giant carousel horse and everything is painted pink and pastel. And it is crazy over the top. And the narrator says, every room in this house is painted like a dollhouse, except one. And then they go into her roommate's room. And her roommate is this gorgeous gothic girl. And everything oh. is black and white. And it's like, can we just, can oh. I just stay in this room forever? That's awesome. Yeah, it's... It's totally it's worth really watching. funny because there's people like that that they want to entirely represent themselves or have have their surroundings mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. be their heart's desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of those people they want the world to see it. Yes. Um by Jim's parents' house, they just recently sold and moved down to Las Vegas, but one of their neighbors down the road had this like corner lot that was kind of like surrounded by wooded area, and I think he had two gorgeous old uh, carousels. Oh, yeah, you've told me about this. Except fucking signs everywhere. Stay out. Private property. Yeah. Do not climb on the carousels. These are not not, children. Do not come here. Do not look at... Do not look at my goddamn carousel horses. These are my carousel horses. maybe he needs a a higher fence. (laughs) But it's just, it's funny because it's like, you know, in the winter when all the leaves fall and you can kind of see back there and you see the lights and you're like, you've got a magical, and and, and it's like, he's just walked around peeing on all of it because it's his, his, Mm -hmm. his, it's his. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't go back there. It's his. Yeah. (laughs) Now this shows the opposite of that. And there are some, my things are awesome. there's There's a very snarky comment I could make in there. About. Oh, do it. Well, okay, so... He's th- not listening, I no, promise. It's, it's not about him, but... <laughs> about me? No, not about you, either. There are people in the goth subculture who get very, very angry about the fact that they get funny looks when they go out. Dressed, dressed completely in chains? Dressed up completely. And there's, there is someone who was, who is a friend of mine <laughs> who they stopped dressing in an elaborate manner because they were finally like, I... I don't like people talking to me about the way I look, and I am doing nothing but inviting those comments That's by true. dressing. Yes. And it's not as important a part of the aesthetic and the subculture to me. And I was like, no, that totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I, I feel d- like if if you are a person of the goth persuasion who is going to get fully dressed up, if you're going to a club or something, that's different. Yes. But, but if you do this every day, if you are out grocery shopping... Things, yeah, in your full gothic yeah. finery. You and ask you people, questions, people are and you should to, try to yeah. be nice to them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, there's a line that you've got to draw within yourself of, am, am I capable, do I want right. to have this interaction? Right. right. Yeah. Like, I, when I was working retail, dressed much more performatively than I do at my new job. Yeah. Because I don't have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we used to get like tons of customers would come into Scarecrow and I'd be dressed up and they'd be, it would give them something to talk to me about. Yep. And it would be a great conversation starter. I was a conversation piece and I liked that. Oh, you mean like the reason they kept sending us to conventions when we worked at Wizards of the Coast? (laughs) Well, at least we were conversation pieces and not just pieces. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
Anyway, I interrupted as you were talking about so, your shows. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a great interior design show. I watched a f- an episode or two of something called Afflicted, also on Netflix, okay, yeah. which is about people who suffer from difficult-to-diagnose diseases, yeah. like diseases that some doctors don't think are real. Mm. Yeah. And one of the episodes... There's been some conflict I, about that show, too. I watched, like, yeah, well, I watched, like, 15 minutes and then fell into a deep sleep. But when I woke <laughs> up, there was an sedating. interesting episode on about how much the, how much your illness becomes part of your personal identity. Because with different people, it can. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that was an interesting subject. How did they handle it? I don't know. I fell asleep again. So narcoleptic. You're saying you're a narcoleptic. <laughs> I'm narcoleptic. <laughs> All right. I've heard really mixed things about how yeah. having a chronic illness is treated in that show. So uh, okay. Yep. So anyway, I can't comment on that, but it was great to sleep through. It was an amazing nap, you guys. <laughs> That's important. Mm-hmm. That's important. So what have you been watching, Jen? I had the most amazing stretch of Jen's Documentary Corner. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, I they set uh, Seattle on fire. Um, yeah. There have they been, set the West Coast on they fire. They set the West Coast yeah. on fire. So and if you live on the West Coast, you've been breathing ash. Yeah, basically it was some of the worst air quality in the world, yeah, um, over Seattle. I have and friends in Beijing that were posting helpful hints on how to survive. Yeah, um, so uh, basically, it shut me in the house for a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, my asthma just spiraled out of control. Oh, I'm I, so sorry. I had yeah, it was pretty bad. I had uh, the t- my two primary air purifiers going, and then a friend um, dropped off a third. Oh, that's right. Um, because I was really suffering. And the thing is, is once I get that inflamed, sometimes infections will set in. And so then I started running fevers too. Right, because you have fragile lungs. I do. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was trapped in the house and I kept digging for, I'm still in this kind of slump where I'm, you know, I rewatched a bunch of the movies that I want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have really had kind of some terrible luck in uh, finding new horror to watch. I've been having the yeah. same issue. Yeah. And there's there's kind of some stuff out there. But what I did is I had this list of all of these documentaries that I've kind of been like, oh, I, you know, I mean, I want to watch that at some point. It was the very, very, very gay and trans um, Jen's Documentary Corner. And <laughs> good. So, so Amazon I, thinks I am a gay man. Yeah, I, I've always Amazon Prime. I've, I've always <laughs> laughed that we're I'm not. not. What? We're not. What? No, we've left. I for... can be a drag queen and a lady. So it <laughs> it, it it before the documentary stretch started, um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I need something really light, and so. Um, I don't know why it came up, but I decided let's watch Mamma Mia, which I had never seen. It was kind of charming, but I... It is not kind of charming. You are wrong. (laughs) Please continue. (laughs) But it it, it bothered me in the same way. Like, when Glee first started, I really liked it. And then it hit a point where they stopped trying to have any storyline other than having the broadest stroke of a storyline and then immediately going into song. And yeah. that's the entirety. That is the entirety of Mamma Mia. I've, 
Uh, go ahead. I I like musicals, and mm-hmm. I I could not make it through Mamma Mia. I at was all. I was really not feeling well. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I don't and know that I would ever watch it again. Especially when you're not feeling well, but I love, you want but something I love, that has just the broadest idea of a plot and some yeah. nice music and a lot of ABBA, which. I adore. My, I mean, my I adore second record. Abba, but it was really hard for me to listen to people who aren't Abba sing it. Pierce I was Brosnan. pretty okay. Pierce Brosnan was terrible. Oh, that poor guy. He gave it all he could. He, he gave really, it a great effort. He did a really Sometimes, good effort. He did a better job singing than he did of a French accent in, God, what is that movie that he did where... Lion in Winter? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's like... Jim, <laughs> he play what the is that, in that, that Pierce Brosnan vampire movie where he has the French accent? Oh, 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 God. Why are you asking me when Jilly's right there? I, <laughs> I, blanked, Good point. I blanked that from my memory. Oh, but Jillian anyway, has suppressed I, that I cannot, memory. I cannot listen to terrible accents. Like, not, not like just accents that are Wait, bad. Wait, it wasn't a vampire done. movie. It was Nomads. Nomads? Was it not vampires? It was not it? vampires. It but was Adam Ant is Adam Ant is in it. And Adam Ant is also in, an, in a weird romantic comedy drac- vampire movie. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yes. Um... No, Nomads was like weird ghost dispossessed hungry okay. spirits. Okay. The uh, novelization written by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. I have it on my bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get past like 10 minutes of him trying to speak in a French accent. It just made me want to stab mm-hmm. people. There are parts of it I really like, but yeah, his. Nomads, yeah. Yeah, I just skipped <sighs> past his accent. So I anyway. have to forgive actors. I, I, I kind of like it when an actor can't do an accent, which is good because I really like Ewan McGregor. <laughs> And let's right. face it, Big Fish, hilarious. <laughs> his accent in that is... I, I've never noticed his accent in that, just because I sobbed through that entire movie. Yeah. I love it, but I uh, sobbed straight yeah, through Yeah, I sobbed through it. I sobbed at the end a lot. So, getting... Because this is the most meandering... That's okay. Well, documentary part. Right. So, I had I watched What the Tea, um, which is a documentary about um, the it's lives of five transgender women. Um, and it was, it was really good. I watched, uh, Larger Than Life, uh, the Kevin Aceon, uh, story, mm. uh, which was very that. sweet and very good. I watched Tab Hunter Ca- Confidential, mm. um, which I also really enjoyed. And then I watched Behind the Curtain. Um, it's a documentary about Todrick Hall. I have not watched that yet, but it I want to. It was really good. Oh my God. That man works so hard. He works so hard. He did a musical. Uh, based on the Wizard of Oz, that yeah. came that he was he wrote it over the course of a month and then rehearsed with everybody, and then because he has such a young he he's worked at Disney, mm-hmm. uh, he has such a young fan base that before he does a show or releases something like that, he'll put all the videos out first so that the kids can get to know the songs. Oh, that's awesome! So he was writing like three songs a day, recording a video every day. Or two or three. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So, like, over the course of a month was work- was getting, like, three hours of sleep and working every single day. And then toured it. And then got um, uh, uh, cast as uh, Hedwig in Hang- Hedwig and the Eight and Green Inch. Oh. And, I mean, just, I mean, and he's working 24-7. And, and just spends time and gives quality time to every young person he meets anywhere. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, and he is just amazing. And it's really, I want to kind of direct, because Tecla's getting so into doing, like, theatrical and drag-style makeup and mm-hmm. getting really, really interested in that. It's really nice to... And so much of it isn't... And some of his stuff isn't necessarily child-friendly, but he, he 
does put an aim towards that. Yeah. Um, because while he was writing that, um, the uh, Orlando shooting, the, uh, the pulse shooting, the pulse shooting happened, and he did this amazing song. Um, it has this amazing oh, video for it yeah, okay. called, I think, Water Guns. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, it's it's topical. It's something that it's nice to have something that can direct her to as mm-hmm. as a younger mm-hmm. girl that is interested in these things because so much of the content is too far too adult for her. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I watched, uh, was there any other? Um, I did also watch Island of Lost Souls. Because um, we've been talking about it forever. It's such a fun and movie. And it is. It's such a fun movie. And it's something I've been talking about watching for a really long time. So what ha- Oh, oh, and then movie, uh, t- TV-wise, um, <laughs> I watched the entirety of Scandal, which started out really, really well. And it was just fucking hate-watching towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, and it was really driven by the quality of all of the ensemble cast. Mm. was really, really good. Um, and it was also really nice seeing, you know, a TV show that was written, directed, produced, and, and, and acted by women of color. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not happening enough. And so, I mean, it, it was good in that sense. Um, but boy, it just so much, it was a Washington DC She's like a, a lawyer fixer. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's um, that show. And okay. so much fucking Escandalo. murder. Escandalo. And That's so much, so much murder. It turns into such a soap opera. It is. Like it's oh, a my God. Now. And everybody's murdering everybody. And but, so much murder. You know, murder, 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 murder. And in that vein, I've started showing Jim Hannibal. It's been, what, two and a half weeks since I went through my all three se- seasons rewatch and and the husband's out of town for the next oh, six days. Time to binge watch Hannibal again. It's, it is so good. I, it has just been long enough since, I mean, because I watched it all when it originally aired and uh-huh. I haven't Me rewatched too. it since then. So it was just long enough for me to have forgotten some forgotten of the, some of the stuff and have everything be surprises. Right. And, um, having watch watching through season one um of course the movie that we're showing for horror movie friday this week is suddenly last summer because of oh course God, I love it that is movie so much i know um yeah oh, so that might qualify as a horror movie because it's so weird at the end uh-huh right um yeah. in speaking of hannibal yeah, and ahead. vampires. Um, there has been suddenly, because I'm the fanfic person in the room, there yes. has been a spate of people writing Hannibal vampire-themed fanfic, and it's huh. like they're writing directly to my id. <laughs> I'm so happy. I found, like, four. There's been, like, there was the Penny Dreadful Hannibal AU, which mm-hmm. was awesome, and I just found last night someone did a Hannibal Dracula alternate mm. universe one, which I was like, yes. Hannibal, sh- yeah, is a vampire. Yes, yes. He should be a vampire. Yes, so I have been very happily reading a lot of fanfic. My, like, more than I normally like, do. Yes. Yes. I'm so Give it to my grabby hands. It, is, it has been great. And to the point where, like, you know, Pete's sitting on the other couch gaming, and he'll look over and he's like, oh, my God, you're on Archivar own again? And I'm like, just <laughs> shut up. You're playing Warframe all day. Yeah, exactly. You don't get to judge my hobbies. And I just, I completely almost forgot to mention this. Um, I'm also um, only have one episode left of this release of Castle Rock. I have not started Castle Rock yet. I have one episode left, and I think there's a new release. I think coming today, they're because they only release six episodes. Oh, that's right. And then we'll release another yeah. six How episodes. How was it? I'm really enjoying okay. it. I'm I, really, I need to start really, watching really enjoying it. it. 
Right now, the only thing I'm watching on Hulu is my dress and my dress and wigs show. <laughs> Harlots. 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 I've I've also heard good things about that. I will eventually. Watch <laughs> I enjoy it. it. It's okay. But it's beautiful. It's, good it's so beautiful to look at. It's good enough for right now. Yeah, I am, I am enjoying it greatly, <laughs> and I look forward to every new episode. Aww. So That's all you can ask for, yeah, really. Exactly. Much. But it's pretty not much. making a deep impression on my mind. Like, I'm not going to go revisit it or read fanfic, because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's got enough. It. Thanks, anyway. So, Jill, what have you seen recently? Um, we've started finally watching the last season of Sense8. Which I, I want to start good. it. It's yeah. good, but my my issues with it have not changed. In that, I I love musicals. I love the idea of using songs to to set a emotional tone. It's yeah. a musical. No, but yeah, there, there has... are sections where the soundtrack is very aggressive yeah. at you with their song choices uh, and yeah. okay. every time it's a song that I cannot stand and I'm earwormed for like the rest of the night <laughs> so that's frustrating um we finally watched the Jumanji movie was that sweet that was adorable so fun yeah. I I just kind of grudging like sure if you want to watch that I'm not gonna you know, yeah. find that much entertainment it was super cute yeah it was, it was really yeah it adorable. was really enjoyable and much better than it had to be or had any right to be exactly yeah. Um, other than that, I haven't been watching I'm going to mention lot. really quickly, uh, with um, Castle Rock, mm-hmm. is uh, he's not really the primary character, but he's the where all the attention is directed in Castle Rock, is Bill Skarsgård oh, uh, from It. Right. So, nice. boy, that family. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, I'm sorry. No, that's, those are really the only things we've been watching, because either uh, Pete's been doing video gaming and I've been reading fanfic or yeah. you know yeah. I'm doing a lot of sewing so or frantically <laughs> writing so I can have a backlog of gothic charm school I'm doing some sewing did you decide on hand sewing or machine sewing I couldn't do machine sewing because I have the machine but I couldn't find the little the little manual that goes with it that tells me how to thread it and wind the bobbin and all that stuff I'm pretty sure I know what drawer that's in all, all sewing machine manuals are online nowadays so I know but it was it was late at night, and I was having a hot flash, okay. and I was like, if I have to sit, if I have to try and thread this thing, when I'm in the mood I'm in, someone is going to lose an eye. <laughs> I understand this. And I find hand sewing really, really, really soothing and relaxing. It Fuck is. that bullshit. Yeah, that I know. Just you, such... you just outsource all your hand sewing to me, sweetie. But I yeah, know. I just really enjoyed doing the hand sewing, because I just, I put on season two of Troll Hunters, which I'm working my way through, which is a really Starring good Starring Dahlia? Starring our friend Dahlia, yes. Seriously, that character, I'm like, just get yourself a skull t-shirt and and a little jacket, and you're already cosplaying that. I'm pretty sure they have both of those things in their wardrobe, so... Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yes. So, um, one of the things, and I know it's... I have wanted to start focusing on, you know, lesser known or kind of hidden gems, which always kind of you can see Rias like kind of pick at that a little bit because because you've been so surrounded by cinephiles for so long that that you me, have a skewed idea of exactly. what is a hidden gem. But I'm the like, thing is there are a lot of horror fans out there who, who are normal people. Who are normal <laughs> <laughs> Well they're horror fans, but you know what I mean. They're, yes. They're the normal yeah. variant. Of I'm finding fan. that in my office yeah. where I'm working and now. So is, everybody loves horror but 
people are like, I've never heard of this movie. And I'm like, oh, you need to watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think there's always going to be those movies that, you know, for whatever reason, just never got huge, mm-hmm. um, that have a unique take or a unique twist or just a unique viewpoint yeah. um, towards a genre style. or And I, I just think there's a lot of conversation out there. And I think I think Vampires is right for this conversation. So yeah. let's just start throwing them out there. <laughs> Lucky, of course, has I just don't. thought of something and I threw it down real quick. I don't okay. actually have that so long of a list. Gonna, I'm going to say the number one, and probably not as lesser known, but I don't think gets as talked about in maybe younger horror fans, but it's going to be probably the very favorite, or at least near to the very favorite, Near Dark. That movie is perfect except for the ending. Yes. God, that... I just yep. want a different ending there, but the, no, the rest can, of the movie is fantastic. Yeah, it is it is perfection. It is... Uh, I love the fact... If you know when to turn it off, it's great. Yes. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of TV shows that but we could say I that tried for. to put that on my list, and I was roundly yelled at by everyone. Well, they're Meaning wrong. Monty and the dog. They're like, everyone has seen Near Dark. It's no, the best they have not. They have not. Every time I reblog on Tumblr the, the gift set of the Roadhouse scene, <laughs> oh, also known as the scene where if the movie is playing at a goth club, all the goths stop and stare. Yeah, um, it's the best scene. And I always get comments of people who are like, what is that? Mm-hmm. What What is that? And I'm like, oh, my precious children, let me, yes. let me tell right. you of the well, scene. Let's talk about Near Dark, which is directed by a lady. Yes. Yes, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow, who also directed Point Break. The Hurt Locker. When she um, got the Oscar for The Hurt Locker, I'm like, this is just a long-delayed Oscar for Near Dark. Dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so she's done a lot of work. She does a lot of action films, which mm-hmm. is kind of unexpected from a female director, mm-hmm. which is a shame because it's an action film. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I really... Near Dark is my favorite... Uh, might be my favorite vampire movie ever. It's I, a movie I can almost completely recite when it's on. It's in my, like, top three, so. Yeah, it is in my very, there's just, it's just perfectly done, and I love that (sighs) there is still a a humanity to the vampires, but it is their own humanity. It is a very different variant than than the norms walking around on the street. They They are very much. They have made their tight-knit family. They have Mm-hmm. Their their mo- their morals and their loyalty are only to within to within, and uh, interestingly, it came out in 1987, summer of 1987, and was overshadowed by Lost Boys. Both of them came out at the same time. <laughs> also, I another can... delightful movie, but completely different in tone. Yes, the Lost Boys. I. It's a movie about vampires, but is it a horror movie? Ish. Um, Ish it has some horror lately yeah, in the way like that a, a lot comedy. of that '80s horror is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh, Lance Henriksen, Lance Henriksen. Oh my God! I, H- how old are you exactly? Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the roadhouse scene when when Bill Paxton as God that fucking loss. as Severin, fucking, oh Severin, fucking, and you know the role model right there where White Wolf went went hey. That's we, what a bruja. That's is. what a bruja is. Right there. Tim Redstreet, can you draw this? Oh man, <laughs> I'm st- I yeah. am still sad at the loss. Oh, I need the pen. Oh yeah. 
where yeah. Like Bill Paxton, yeah. 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 The loss of Bill Paxton is really sad, especially... Have you ever seen the movie he directed, that horror movie? Yeah, um, Frailty. Frailty? Yeah. Oh, so Jim good. hasn't seen that yet. You should show it at the movie night. Yeah. I, I did in the past, but I need to do that again. Yeah, I think I missed that night so so it's it's just such a fucking amazing movie it's and it's it's one of those things where you're like i wish he directed more yeah because obviously he had a a talent for that uh go ahead hand off to the next person um so i recently watched a rewatched a movie that i really really liked and i think is lesser known and it's byzantium which is directed by neil jordan i've heard such good things you jerk it's so good if you want to show (laughs) i've got it it's it's about a relationship between two women it's a mother-daughter relationship and it's it's a very interesting take on vampires and it's actually a very feminist take on vampires. Uh-huh. In a I've way. actually never seen it, and it, I wanted to. It's really, it's really good, and it's got some very striking imagery. That again, if you're online and see gift sets uh-huh. or like image sets, what of you watch, you're like, movies, oh, okay. Well, he knows what to do visually with a vampire movie. I it, mean, he did interview with he a did vampire. vampire, so yeah. And this is, I would say, this is almost as good as interview. Um, it is. It's very different. It's very different. I would put it more along the lines of Only Lovers Left Alive. Yes. It's a it's not an action-packed, bitey, bitey vampire film. No, and it came out the same year as Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm-hmm. I was going to... Definitely, Only Lovers Left Alive was going to get a mention, though I don't believe it qualifies as horror. I don't um, believe it just, qualifies as an unknown, as a lesser known. I completely believe it is, because Jim Jarmusch is not... A widely known director. I I cannot give a reading on whether or not it is. He's not. No, he's, just, he's no. not a widely known director. director. I just can't and and judge people, if Only Lovers Left Alive is not a widely you, known. You are movie. you are spoiled by working at by having. I don't know. Tumblr says it's a widely known movie. <laughs> yes, uh, with the people we know. That's true because I we could are be completely blinded well, well, by our own social they, circle. Yeah. Also, I mean, they were they were well known enough for Beth at Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab to aggressively go after getting the license to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Um, Tom Hiddleston has a terrifying army of young fans who would have gone to see it. Absolutely. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. True. 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 Can I take off my socks? The socks they thwart you. So since I took Byzantium off your list, Rez, what? I've got a bunch of old weird stuff. I like old weird stuff. One of the movies I have that I want to talk about is not a vampire movie. It's got a bunch of different short things in it, and one of the one of the characters is Dracula, and that is a movie called Waxwork. Yes. Oh, okay. I love that movie Waxwork. Is kind of unknown. It is near and dear to my heart. Same the here. The reason I thought of it was because yesterday at work, somebody said, oh my God, I didn't know this was a thing. They posted a trailer for the new Adams Family Halloween special, which is only available on VHS. Right. And one of my coworkers was like, look at this. And I looked at it and the first thing I said was, oh my God, that's not the Adams house. That's the house from Waxwork. Aww. And then I looked up the Waxwork trailer to make sure I was right. And of course I was. Of course yes, you were. Course. And then I was thinking just about how much I love that movie. I, lo- I adore that about, movie. I haven't I, seen it forever. Me neither. Because I don't think you had started coming as regularly 
uh, to my horror movie nights because right. I showed it. Okay. Yeah. So it's about a bunch of teenagers who go to this waxwork place to see some waxworks on Halloween. And it's, of course, it's a house of horror waxwork. The Marquis de Sade section. <laughs> but once you step beyond the rope and get too close to the display, you fall into a portal of some sort. Yes. And then you're in the display. The world. Yeah. So, like, somebody leans in too close to touch the sarcophagus, and suddenly there's a mummy trying to kill yeah. them, or... There's a Marquis de Sade section, there is a Dracula section. there is a kind of Night of the Living Dead. Um, oh, yeah, there's some zombies, zombies. about. And, and each one, it's like every one you're falling into a genre movie. And it and is it's well so, done. so quotable. And there's a scene where this girl is being taken down to Dracula's castle to have dinner, and... He throws this thing, and it's she says steak tartare. It's just lumps of coal of flesh. The angry oh. and, and the and he looks at and she's like steak tartare, and he's like it's the sauce that makes the dish. And I always quote that. <laughs> and most of the people I quote it to don't know what it's coming from. They just think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> That's great. Well, yes. And the Marquis de Sade <laughs> sequence is fucking hot. Pretty, pretty. Uh, are we talking formative experiences here? No. <laughs> but it does have some hilarious quotes in it, which I have used often, such as, we were all virgins once. And, oh, look, the new girl gets to be whipped in front of the French prince, which I think is hilarious. That, wow. That is a line. I that might is... have to show it again. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, in now the... Now that I think I, about it, maybe I, I haven't it seen it. I watched it when it first And there's out. a line where the Marquis de Sade, where her girlfriend, her boyfriend comes to rescue her, and the Marquis de Sade says, you're just jealous because she had her first orgasm at the end of my whip. And I'm like, oh my God. And I think they cut that out when they went to the DVD release. I don't I think remember. that line is in there anymore, but it's on the VHS release. And I'm like... Went a little too far with that one, did you? It did. It, it pushed. It pushed things. It was a. It was probably a formative experience for many people because oh, yeah. it's like a teen horror movie from the eighties. Except it's just a little bit more. And it. Most of the scenes are like, oh yeah, but if then they if they had not put the Marquis de Sade in, it would be a fun horror movie. And that scene is just so weird, and you're like, because she almost doesn't leave. Does no, leave. she doesn't want to leave when her boyfriend comes to rescue her. It's messed up. But, and she's like the blonde cheerleader girl that's the really goody-goody character in the beginning. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, it's a fun movie, and the vampire parts are great. Uh, the vampire's played by Miles O'Keefe, I believe. Who, was he Beastmaster? I think he was Beastmaster. I know he was in the Tar. he played Tarzan in the Tarzan movie with Bo Derek. He was who you went to if you wanted an attractive, muscular, young 80s guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's my movie, even though it's technically not entirely a vampire movie. It's on there. Yeah. Uh, one that I I watched a while ago and then and I rewatched was um, Thirst by Chandwick Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came out in 2009. Uh Chanwick Park is an amazing Korean director. Right, he did. He's most well known for Old Boy Old and the Boy Vengeance trilogy and uh, Stoker. Oh, I love. Oh, I didn't Stoker. know he directed Stoker. Yep. Oh, yep. Written, thank you written, again for showing that. Yeah, rent, uh, written by Wentworth Miller, um, and but but completely 
made beautiful by yeah. Tunnel Park. Um, Jesus Christ, there's like some serious messed up stuff in it. Messed I have up. not seen it. I tried to watch it and it just went, it was too long for me so the day I tried to watch it. It is. It's, it's a very long movie. So what it is, is there is a very devout priest who is um, working in um, hospitals with this, this you know, sick patients and everything. And he is very devout, but he also has problems with depression and he volunteers to be part of a, basically a treatment for this, this lethal disease Mm -hmm. that's just killing everyone, but they're trying to find a cure for it. Um, And he's, he's, he catches it and he gets all of these lesions and he's dying, but they do a transfusion and unknowingly they give him vampirism okay. and um all of a sudden he you know he's healed and they just the entire village around becomes obsessed with him mm-hmm. and they're like they want him because to, it's like a miracle it's a, it miracle is a miracle because it's killed everyone else mm-hmm. and they want him to pray over cancer patients and do this and then he's working in these hospitals and then all of a sudden he's he's starting to uh, drink from, you know, comatose patients, and he's, like, drinking from the, you know, mm-hmm. blood bags and such. And um, he gets reintroduced to a childhood friend who's married and lives with his mother, and they're all living there, and the, the woman was, like, taken in as a child and then marries the son. And he gets reintroduced to them, and he and his friend's wife, like, start an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just... It's there's these weirdness bits, these things that you wouldn't expect to be used for humor, that um, like like <laughs> you in see that you see that the in midnight Korean ballad movies. yeah the oh, midnight ballad for ghost theater. ghost theater where there's like the vomiting the the bulimia for humor right. and it's just where it's just kind of odd. Korean films have that like the host has that yeah a lot of that cut yeah. in between people being killed by a giant monster it's really odd. There is the but scene it's... so so basically. Um, vaguely spoilery um the the wife of the childhood friend hates him he's he's been ill and they start you know they're they're very very he and she and the priest are very very interested in each other they start an affair he sees some bruises on her and she pretty much tells him that that the husband is abusing her in order to protect her he kills him by taking him out fishing and then drowning him okay and then tying like a rock to him well they start both having these nightmares where they see him and water starts coming from everywhere and they're trying to ignore it and so that always goes well yes so there is this the scene of them like just vigorously having sex while saying just don't pay any attention and the dead husband is between them with this strange look on his face water's going everywhere and he has his giant rock that he was tied to and but don't pay any attention but don't pay any attention because maybe if you just ignore it it will go away that's kind of a mood breaker i would think yeah especially the squishing i mean come on yeah wow but um (laughs) i'm sorry this has to stop now the ghost of my dead husband is staring at me me, right there leaking everywhere Mm -hmm. um one of the things that i do like is is towards the end of the movie and again a little spoilery um in he 
he he kills her and then feels remorseful and then turns her and he is constantly fraught with he is right. he's, he is he's a religious man a religious man trying to be good and he, and he now doesn't he want to kill anything and now he he didn't you know yeah it was a sheer accident that he was turned into a vampire she on the other hand is remorseless yes and 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 toys with and kills at will and it, it inspires this huge fight between them um and it yeah it's it's just fun watching how it's presented differently that she is mm-hmm. joyous see that in is a rampage that is one side of what I like about the vampire genre and vampire fiction on the one hand I'm very invested in that elegant gothic romance figure of the vampire I like my vampires being monsters. on the other hand I want them to be monstrous yeah. if they're going to be elegant killers who are you know eerily beautiful I want them to to view humanity as well you're walking snacks you know they may occasionally become no fond like of someone so much <laughs> they may become fond of someone and decide to keep them around but it has to be a very special someone and the most mm-hmm. part everyone else is just no snacks and that that is what I look for in vampire fiction but so well yes that's part of why I like Hannibal but so that's yeah. that's something I really look for so the fact that she is this completely remorseless killer is yeah. you know yes good yes and you've become an undead killing machine go yeah yeah and and it's just wonderful watching you know this tortured presentation and then she's like yes and um you know and it has its full cycle um, but it's but it's just it's a really interesting story and a great presentation of and the actor is the same guy that plays old boy, isn't it? I'm I not think so. Yeah, I'm not certain. Could be. I think it is. <laughs> As we now go to IMDb, <laughs> that's what it that's what it's for. Yes, the interwebs. Yes. So, Jill, what's your next? Uh, my next one is one I actually finally got around to watching today, and I <laughs> backed it on Kickstarter, so I've had the the Blu-ray for like a couple of years, and I just kept forgetting forgetting to watch it it's a movie called the curse of steria it was released direct to video and got u.s distribution here under the name angels of darkness and it's kind of a retelling of carmilla it's set in like 1984 oh okay. they filmed in hungary it's beautiful mm-hmm. it is absolutely stunning but it it takes the idea that the the reappearance of the vampire in this little village because this this British man and his teenage his troubled teenage daughter are at Styria Castle because he's a scholar and he's saving the murals that have been painted right in the in the castle. And it when Carmilla starts showing up, that it's her appearance is followed by this kind of hysterical outburst by the teenage girls of the village. You know, they start oh, that sounds becoming amazing. violent. They start they start wasting away. So it's a, it takes really interesting elements out of the Carmilla story and kind of reweaves them. And again, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful because it is filmed on location. And I knew about it because the people, the guys from behind the Kickstarter, the director and the musical director uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, we launched this Kickstarter. We're trying to get our post-production funds and get the music. And you seem to be a big vampire fan. Hey, will you uh, talk about, our Kickstarter on Gothic Charm School social media. And I was like, of course I will. And I watched the trailer and I was like, ooh, yes, I need to back this. <laughs> so, but tangentially speaking of going back to the idea of formative experiences, 
from from vampire movies. Okay, I know this should not be considered a lesser known vampire movie, and yet I keep running into people who who do not know of it from the vampire genre, which is The Hunger, which has the best opening for a vampire movie ever. Ever. It's true. What movie what movie re-showed that reused that opening it with was, different actors? It was the I saw it and it made me very angry. It was the opening episode for American Horror Story Hotel. Yep, it was. Yes, and I, I also... Show which is not a shame to steal from everywhere. I, I also got a little angry about that, too. But, uh-huh. I mean, you've got, you've got an opening scene of, of an alternative club. You have Bauhaus performing Bela Lugosi's Dead on stage with Peter Murphy in a cage uh-huh. and David Bowie and Catherine Deneuve as vampires looking for their food. I Did you ever read right that uh, <laughs> article that Brian Fuller wrote? for Fangoria where he interviewed Peter Murphy about what it was like to film that because David Bowie was watching from the shadows and Peter Murphy was freaked out. (laughs) I just always remember the the actress who played the punk rock girl. Anne Magnuson. Anne Magnuson. I remember reading an interview with her where she talks about the the seduction and then feeding (laughs) scene with Bowie where she intentionally screwed up the scene like 15 times because every time they had to reshoot she got to kiss David Bowie again. Which I'm like, I respect that. Yeah, I respect that it. so much. It's a commitment. The rest of the movie I don't really care about because I'm yeah. the most heterosexual woman in the world. Yeah. But. I mean, and I, I, I remember it's watching. It's an interesting it. movie in that it is very much about AIDS. It has nothing yes. to do with the book. It is nothing like the book. And, no. and I entirely watched the movie for the first time because of David Bowie. And, oh, yeah. And we all did. He's Then where did he go? God damn you. Yeah. 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 But apparently, you know, that's a movie that, again, coming from our generations, we all know about it. But the younger and younger generations of horror fans, to them, it's a little more obscure. Yep. And what I do, I mean, I think I appreciate it a little bit more now of of her alienness and inhumanity that Mm -hmm. when her toys break, she just puts them in the attic. Sure. Because why not? Seems legit. Sometimes she just goes up there and hangs out. There, it used to be in my circle of friends that if you ever got stuck playing charades, you could you could stick your hands in the air and wave them back and forth, and someone would immediately guess the curtains from The Hunger. <laughs> <laughs> also, as far as I'm concerned, that movie ends after the after the end opening scene. You just go back to the beginning at that part. Yeah. There's there's nothing else. In that I movie. would watch that movie more often if that were the entire movie. No, I, I would like the sex scene with uh, Catherine Deneuve, please. <laughs> Godspeed, my friend. <laughs> All right, so back to Urias. Um, so I'm gonna go with a weird vampire comedy. Uh, it seems way too obscure. This one might be way too obscure. I think it was made for TV, possibly as a movie of the week, years back in the '80s or '90s, and it's called Nightlife. Yes. And <laughs> oh my God, I love this movie. It's. A vampire movie, but it's also got weird comedy elements, although it's not entirely a comedy. Mm-hmm. I At one point, the housemaid this. has this giant flashlight that has like UV rays in it, and she just runs around yelling, Come and get me, fiend of the night! And God, I haven't seen that in forever. It is, it's campy, <laughs> and it's fun, and if you ever get the chance to see it, you should see it. It's got a great version of the song "You Put a I Put a Spell on You" in it. Aww. So I immediately fell in love with it because I'm like, oh, Screaming Jay Hawkins, 
I'm in. Yeah. And then I watched the whole movie and I kind of fell in love with it. And then I rewatched it a year or so ago and I was like, you know, this is still really fun. I wish it would come out on DVD, but is is Vamp officially on your list or did you did you go elsewhere? Not entirely because the only interest because Vamp is such a frat boy movie it about is. guys okay. going to a strip so club these, and then, yeah. These two movies I'm going to mention are not officially on my list, but I was going to throw them out there because I uh-huh. don't think they're as well known, but they're just a lot of fun. Yeah. And in that vein of vampires but silly and fun and enjoyable, there's Vamp. Um so basically these two frat boys these two boys want to get into a frat a fraternity. Um, in order to get into the fraternity, they need to bring entertainment for the party. So they and gotta so they, go hire a stripper. They gotta go hire a stripper. Sure. And so they, you know, run off with uh, the young rich guy who is it's already okay. a part. Yeah. And um, they run off to the city, which is just so funny because it's just that very 80s of like, we're, you know, suburbanites. We're going to go to the city. Mm-hmm. And they go to this, you know, dark, dusty little strip club. Strip club. And who's dancing there? But Grace Jones. You Hell know, yeah. And I'm is, telling you this. If I had to hire a stripper for a party, Grace Jones is not who I'm going with because <laughs> she will kill some people. She will kill some So I, why wouldn't you hire her? <laughs> I I love I would Grace her, Jones. But. And it's it's stripping as this performance performance art. Yeah, that when she amazing. does her stripper number in the movie, it is the most memorable thing about the movie. She has the, uh, she's covered with those Keith, Keith Herring paintings. Mm. And, yes, and but so it's So she's just, got, like, the full she's Keith scaring the makeup shit. on. She's scaring she the shit out of everybody she is dancing in front of. Insane red wig. Yeah, and, and it turns out, gasp, she's a vampire. A vampire. Which is kind of cool, because we don't get to see a lot of African-American vampires. No. And but it's charming, and all of the 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 pledges are you know you don't hate anybody in this movie, and it's got um it is it's it's charming and fun. Grace Jones is only in it for a bit, but she is on the, the cover and she she's on all the box art because she's amazing. Yeah, and it's got uh, Chris Makepeace is the young book guy that's you know it's got Billy oh, Drago in it. Yeah, um, and it's got Dee Dee Pfeiffer who you never hear about, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's sister. <clears throat> Um, who did a couple movies in the 80s. <laughs> and that's pretty much what she's known for. But it's charming and sweet and funny. Um, I I love, like, almost scary. I, I'm not comedy. a huge... You, you like th- horror movies that have a little bit of comedy in them but aren't goofy. Yes. Um, but I, I, I love the presentation of, of burlesque and stripping where it's almost performance art. It's what I loved about yeah. Lost River. They had that club that you that you would go to in Lost River where you'd open through this gaping maw and you had to walk into the mouth to go into it. And it had, um, I think it's Eva Mendez. The, and, and she does this. It almost looks like one um, of the the films where they kill someone. It, a snuff film. It, it almost is presented like a snuff film. And it's a burlesque act where you think she's murdered on stage. Oh. And as she's laying there, she winks. And it's just it's just anything that'll do a presentation like right. that. I'm just like, ah, it's good oh, burlesque. Oh. Good burlesque, if you get to see it, is amazing. However, there's you never not that get much to, of it. You never get to see that good burlesque. The, the <laughs> best burle- burlesque performance I ever saw was at one of the early vampire balls down in Portland. And it was uh, someone who did a burlesque routine to Bela Lugosi's Dead, dressed as Catherine Deneuve's character from The Hunger. She made her suit 
from the opening of The Hunger, mm-hmm. and she she did the entire burlesque behind a rice paper screen with the light so you could just see the shadow, and there was a guy in a very 80s suit standing to one side watching her shadow, and at the end of the song, she walked out and slit his throat, and he dropped to the stage. Awesome. Damn! It was amazing, and after, after she got off stage and she was walking around talking to everybody, she came up to me because she was someone I knew, and she said, what did you think of it? And I was like, I am the only person you did that for. Thank you. It was yeah. yeah. That is yeah. hands down the best burlesque performance I've ever seen in my life. I've seen some good burlesque, but I have seen a lot of I've seen not a lot of bad burlesque. burlesque. Yeah. It's like people don't realize the song is longer than they think, so they do three minutes like, of choreography oh. and then they have to pace around for a while in their underpants. Yep. And uh, I can do that at home. <laughs> it's not as rhythmic. But it's still pacing around in my underpants. The other one that I wanted to mention is My Best Friend is a Vampire. Oh, which is sweet and charming. It has David Warner and uh, Renee Aubergenois. Um, And it's just super, super sweet. This uh, Robert Sean Leonard is a delivery, a high school delivery boy who takes a delivery to um, a woman who happens to be a vampire who turns him. At a scary house. At a scary house. And then tries to go on with the rest of his life. And it's just it's charming cute. and silly and, and you know, everybody's there's a, really there, likable. That's an interesting thing about vampire films is that there's such a wide range of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is there is a wide thematic range of vampire uh-huh. movies oh, where yeah. you've got the really creepy alien-esque selling ones and selling ones you've got the, you've got the silly ones you've got ones totally targeted at kids you know yeah. all of that. You're making a face. What, Ryas? Nothing. I can't remember the name of a movie. And uh, continue. It, okay, so the, those were the silly ones. And it's they're not the ones that I, I specifically put on my list for this. The mm-hmm. next one that I have that um, is specifically on my list for this is... Let's see, which one am I going to do? I'm going to do Shadow of a Vampire. Yeah, oh, <laughs> on my list. It is That's on a, your list? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, go ahead. You start. Please. No, you start. I've been talking. I've been talking so much. Okay. I don't want to lose my voice, so go and I will. <laughs> so I'll correct I you re-watched. when you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sign of true friendship. You're wrong, and let me tell you why. <laughs> I rewatched. So I had not seen Shadow of the Vampire uh, since I saw it in the theater, and I went to see it with the wrong people who just really almost fucking ruined the movie going experience for me um and and i but i you know i still always remembered watching it fondly and then i just rewatched it i forgot how goddamn funny it is i will eat the it script go later <laughs> i love where he is screaming at him for for killing the, the writer he killed the writer uh-huh. yes <laughs> and to me i'm i'm like almost tearing up because I'm laughing so hard and it hits that same note to me that in network network is a weird movie it's the I'm, I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna oh, take it anymore right. I love network and the scene where he he has all the different like random social groups that are all like they're all trying to make money off of stuff yeah and he has the woman from the communist party where she's screaming and she looks like she's uh looks complete like black panther full afro uh-huh. and she's a member of the communist party and she's screaming you will not fuck with my distribution i'm down to this percentage uh-huh. and you're screwing me over and it's just so 
weird. <laughs> and the, where he's screaming in Shadow of the Vampire about, you know, don't eat. <laughs> Why did you not eat the script, girl? <laughs> and it's yeah. just... But everybody... There's, there's no one in that movie that isn't giving 110%. Eddie Izzard is a delight in that he, film. He and exists. Carrie Elways. And everybody, everybody! Everybody in that is film so is amazing. And the makeup in that film oh. is amazing. Because it's the first time I ever noticed how good hand makeup could be. Yeah. His hands, very creepy. Yes. Good work, everybody. Yes. Oh, God, it was just wonderful. And it's just... It is a fairy tale about the making of this movie. Yeah, it's, it's about the just... making of Nosferatu. It reminds me of a Kim Newman story. Yes. It you know, is... Kim Newman will take a story. He's a writer. You should look him up. He's also a film historian, and he's awesome. But he will write a, take a story. Like, he has a movie uh, story called Dracula in 1978, is it? Yes. Um, there's, I mean, that, he's done the series of... Right. He the did Anno Dracula. Anno Dracula. Uh, Dracula, oh, Junkie okay. Muneteers, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dracula, Anna Dracula, Red Baron. Yeah. But yeah, he did want, he did an Andy Warhol story. I have that one. Yeah. I have like a limited signed edition of it somewhere. <sighs> and it's so good because it starts off with this vampire killing somebody and taking his white suit. And as it goes on, you realize he killed some kid named Tony. And oh my God, that's the guy from Saturday Night Fever. It. I, oh my god! He goes to the hotel where Sid and Nancy, Sid and Nancy are. Oh my god! The, and it's just it's drops every conceivable name, and it's wonderful. The thing is, because I I read all the Anno Dracula books as they become available, mm-hmm. but I have found that as they have been going on, I'm not as engaged with them. Yeah. I mean. Anno Dracula, which it, which takes the idea of that uh, Queen Victoria's Queen vampire. Vi- well, because Van Helsing, when they have the co- confrontation with Dracula at at Carfax Abbey at the asylum, and in the in the original novel they drive him off, and Mina has only been forced to drink from Dracula, and then they go forth and yeah. you know all that. No, in Anno Dracula. Dracula defeats them. Mina kills Jonathan. And then Dracula goes on to court the widowed Queen Victoria, marry her, turn her, and usher in a... The Age of Vampires. The Age of Vampires. That's a really good book. It's It's a really good book. I've recently bought it because enough people have recommended it to me. And there's there's enough... Being the vampire geek that I am, every time I reread any of these books, there are new references I'm catching. Yeah. There's yep. all sorts of different things in there. And that's probably right. And I, I think that them. that's kind of how I felt about um, Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire is the more I learn about the making of Nosferatu, I am. The more. <laughs> Lately, what's been going on with me, and this is so nerdy, is that I am grumpy at Bram Stoker's estate because. Originally, the people that made Nosferatu were going to start a film company called Prana Films, and they were all going to be horror films and films about weird stuff. So they did Nosferatu, and Bram Stoker sued the pants off of them. His widow did. And almost destroyed. Yeah, Stoker's widow sued the pants off of them. Which... She had a rush. She, she had, had a good right. case. Yeah. I mean, it is exactly the story of Dracula, except with a different name. So her lawsuit almost destroyed them, and the only other film they ever made was The Golem, which is 
also an incredible horror film. Yes. That I absolutely love. And as much as they deserve to have the pants suit off of them, at the same time, I wish that they hadn't because I would love to what have could seen have been. the yeah. movies they would have made yeah. because the two that they made are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have other issues with Bram Stoker's estate, but that's my cranky vampire book rant later. <laughs> well, so. All right, next. Uh, the next one for me is not so much a movie as a filmed production of a ballet, and yeah. it's uh, by Guy Madden, and it's mm-hmm. Dracula Pages from a Virgin's Diary. And it's a Dracula ballet, but it's filmed as a black and white horror movie. I mean, they, they do the irising in of different scenes. Guy Madden it, is very into that. He also did Twilight of the Ice Nymphs, yes. Tales of Gimli Hospital by Winnipeg. So that's his, that's his, that's what he's good at and that's his directorial voice. Yes, and the ballet is beautiful. The, the music is beautiful. The really creepy sexual subtext of how Lucy's gradual transformation into a bride of the undead and everything that Van Helsing and Quincy and Arthur uh, and Jack do to try and save her. That is no longer subtext in this ballet. It is it is front and center, oh boy. Um, but it's beautiful. It's just this beautiful run of images. All the any of the dialogue is done on dialogue cards like silent movies. Oh wonderful. And it's just yeah. gorgeous. And it's one of those things that it is hard to find unless you're talking to someone who's a vampire nerd. You probably haven't heard about it. Yeah. But I mean, somebody, somebody, it came out. <laughs> somebody emailed it, emailed me a link, and I was like, "Is it on Amazon? It is on Amazon. Come to me now." And I've seen a bunch of Dracula ballets, and this yeah. one is very different. When I was six months old, I played a baby that was kidnapped and eaten by Lucy in a Dracula film my brother made in our backyard. That's wonderful. I, I'm still so in awe of that. <laughs> yeah. just... Unfortunately, my brother later found Jesus and destroyed all the horror films he'd made. No! So we have no visual record of this, but I'm assured that it is a true story. <laughs> that is not something that your parents would lie about. This is true. No. no. All right. Off to you, Rice. Up to me. I'm going to go with an older film. Um, it is a Hammer production, so a British horror film, called The Brides of Dracula. It's by Terence Fisher. And it's the only Dracula film they made where they have a blonde Dracula. Okay. He's a handsome young gentleman. Uh, the story is this girl goes to this house and she meets this old woman who's like, my son is in his room, don't ever go over to that room. He's He is cursed and hideous. And she looks out of her window and she can kind of see in his room and he's kind of hot. So she goes over and knocks on the door and finds out that he is chained to the wall. And the mother keeps saying, the mother has warned her repeatedly, he's monstrous, you don't understand. And of course the the handsome young vampire puts the vampire eye on her and says, Oh no, my mother keeps me here and tortures me. It's, It's awful. And she unties it and she lets him go. And, uh-oh, he's a vampire. And I really... Would known. <laughs> it's one of my favorite of the Hammer films. Um, I like it because it has a lot of interesting female characters in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all Van... Well, once Van Helsing shows up, it's mostly Van Helsing because it's 
Peter Cushing, and he, he had a pretty big name back then, so they put a lot of him in the movie. Yeah. But it's got a... I really liked the part where his mother knew what he was. Yeah. And is trying to protect the world from him, but can't bring herself to kill him. I really like that that angle, and it's not something I had seen before. The only reason it's not one of my favorite Hammer Horror Dracula movies is because I am printed on a, at a really young age on Christopher Lee, and so Christopher well, Lee isn't Dracula there, so... Right. My favorite Christopher Lee Dracula movie is the second one, which I think is Dracula Returns from the Grave. Grave. Yes. Because the first Dracula movie, they didn't know... It's like they didn't know Christopher Lee could act. Right. Because all they do is they really give him speak. a cape. They, yeah, they give him a cape, and he hisses at people and with the fangs and scares them, and they all talk about his legend. But in the second one, he has a much larger speaking role. Yes. And he's so good in it. And it's got all of the... Every Dracula movie stereotype you could possibly dream of. It's beautiful. The, the village where people mysteriously hang garlic around their windows and won't go out at night. and Flowing nightgowns. Everyone and... warns him against going to the castle, and he's, of course, oh, well, I'm just going to the castle. What's wrong with you people? It's... It is amazing and fun, and it has great nightgowns, which is, as you know, an important measure of how good a vampire movie is. Don't judge me, man. <laughs> Off to me now. Off to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, a movie by my, my movie boyfriend, Larry Fessenden, uh, 1995's <laughs> Habit. Um, that has a good scene in it, and I think we're all thinking about the same scene, but the rest of the movie I did not care for. I loved it because it so spoke to my experience in the 90s of being aimless and struggling and not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Larry Fessenden directs, writes, and he'd actually done a short film. Um, it was, this was his, like, second attempt at this story. And he breaks up with his girlfriend and, and meets this girl who is just that iconic, I, I say iconic girl from the 90s. It's in her, Lily Taylor. It is. Isn't oh, she played no, by Lily Taylor? Mm, no. no. Nope. Hmm. Okay. That, that you're thinking of the addiction. Oh, you're right. I am. <laughs> okay. So maybe I am wrong about the Larry Fessenden film that I don't like. All right. Maybe uh, I do so like it's set it. in New York and... Um, He'd just broken up with his girlfriend, and I think he works at a bar, and he just drinks too much, and he doesn't know what to do with his life. And then he meets this, you know, kind of androgynous, you know, dark-haired young woman, and there's these hints of vampirism. But mm -hmm. it mainly is just, like, you can smell New York. Yeah. Like, you can smell living in the city part of a city, you know, the uptowns, the... You know, here it's Capitol Hill. Right. And, yeah. and that's where I lived when, you know, as soon as I yeah. was an adult, yes. I moved off to the city. And But I, I felt a little lost. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a college education. I yeah. was struggling and working at restaurants or working here or working there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do with my life. And yeah. And then you throw in, you know, vampirism and alternative and all of that. I may and not just... have seen that. Larry... Go ahead. Larry Fessenden's films always are... Oh, I've lost the word. Um, 
thinky films yep. with a lot of talking in them and not a lot of monsters in them. Yes, absolutely. Which is not bad. I really like some of his films a lot. Um, the Last Winter? Yeah. Ah, that is such a good, creepy film. Yep, I love Wendigo. I like Wendigo a lot. I was disappointed when I first saw it because I saw it at a horror film festival. Mm-hmm. And I was like, too much film, not enough horror. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very much... He's very existentialist in his yeah. outlook of horror, uh, in his mm-hmm. films. And sometimes that works for me, sometimes it, it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, I really like Wendigo. I really love um, The Last Winter. It's The special effects are not great. Mm-hmm. But no. the story is really good, and I've it's got, got the, Ron uh, Perlman in it. Yep, yeah, I've mm-hmm. got uh, I've mm-hmm. got the uh, Larry Fessenden collection done by Scream Factory that it's got. Oh. Because the thing is, a lot of his early stuff was kind of hard to find. Because mm-hmm. uh, they would get one release, one rollout of that mm-hmm. DVD, and then they'd yeah. never be reprinted again. Right. And it was, you know, I mean, I was... <sighs> Even though I've I've bought this collection that has these beautifully remastered versions of it, it's like I don't want to let go of these DVDs that I'd found because either I found because you know, they're hard cheap to find. Yeah. yeah, they're still like a little expensive out and there, and frequently I just hold them. re-releases, even Scream Factory releases of something, won't have all the special features that may have been on something yeah. else. Uh-huh. So, so it just I I think I I fell in love with it so much because it it felt like a little slice of my early adulthood mm. and uh you know if you're allowing me to become the vampire in that story i'm pretty okay with that all right i think we've all pretty much made our peace with being comfortable with being the vampire <laughs> in the story I, eventually i will ascend and become vampire <laughs> witch queen there will be a beautiful dress code and i already have the list of who's getting turned and who is snacks <laughs> you're next dear so, I know Rias didn't like this movie that much, but I liked it, which was The Moth Diaries, which is based mm. off a novel, which is in my shopping cart that I'm going to buy. But it was directed by Mary Heron, who directed uh, American Psycho. Oh, yes. And oh. it's this private girl's school. It's, it's modern day. It's uh, a new girl comes to the school... And I'm blanking on the actress who plays the new girl, but she's that that beautiful baby-faced model, Lily Cole. Um, Oh, Lily Cole. It's very much a gothic story in that it's got all the gothic romance visual tropes. There's, so it's got the white lace. It's got the white. The school has a uniform policy of there's a specific white flowing nightgown that all the girls wear. Yay! Um, there's the the weird betrayal of the girl who comes back to school and you know is really looking forward to seeing her best friend who shares a room with her and then her friend becomes distant because she becomes friends with this new girl who you never see eat and just kind of lurks around in the library there's the new professor who teaches a course on gothic literature and you know assigns papers about byron and there's unexplained moths hovering everywhere and it's just the story is very straightforward then yeah. you know it it run there are no narrative surprises there yeah but it is stylistically it's stylistically just it's totally my thing and uh-huh. it's a very pretty and yet kind of horrific example of that sort of genre and yeah 
It was just, I I randomly found it, like, last week. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch this. And, and midway through, you know, the, Pete wandered down from the art studio and he looked at it and he's like, so are you enjoying this? And I'm like, I want to own this. I want to own this. <laughs> and he's like, you are so predictable in some way. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yep. And? But also, if you're going to cast someone as a young, ethereal, beautifully, ethereally beautiful and yet unsettling vampire lily cole is yeah. spot on she is yeah. she is she looks like a prettier an almost prettier version of a young christina ricci mm. yeah you know she just she doesn't look human <laughs> not to be trusted probably isn't probably some kind of elf or fairy oh God, probably probably but so yes rias um, I think I'm out of movies. All right. Oh, wait, no. I have one that I watched that's from the 1930s. It is Daughter of Dracula. Oh, oh I love Daughter oh. of Dracula. Daughter of Dracula is, I think, 1936, came out. It was the next movie after God Dracula. Damn, Dracula sexy. came out in 31. So fucking sexy. And the it has look. a scene in it that I love so much where... That she, Dracula has been killed, and his daughter, I guess, was one of his one of his vampire brides, is the main character in this mm-hmm. story. And um, she's talking about how life is better, and now she can listen to music. And she has this servant who who I kept referring to as manservant Hecubus <laughs> <laughs> because he's this giant guy with his hair slicked back, and she's like. It is beautiful. Now that I am free, I can once again listen to the chirping of the birds. And he says, you mean the screaming of the bats. And when I go to the park, the barking of the dogs is so melodious. He's like, those are wolves. <laughs> and he just, like, this This goes on for, like, an entire conversation. And it is the most delightful scene. <laughs> because it's not a comedy. It's clearly meant to be dramatic. But at the same time, you're like... I love this guy. I want to go to parties with him. He is so fun. She's like, I just want to sing and be pretty. And they're like, oh, honey. Once again, I can play happy songs. That was a funeral march. It's just the best. And um, the woman that plays the lead in it is bewitching. She's very strong featured. There is, she, she's an artist who is asking young women to come model. And there's, it's so lesbian subtext. I would that throw myself on that hand grenade. I know. She's like, and she's like commanding these young women to take their clothes off. And you're like, okay. This is, uh, is this pre-code? <laughs> I don't think it is, but it's. It's okay. Cause she's evil. Right. She's evil and she'll get her comeuppance in the end. So the Hayes office was okay with it. Yes. But just it, give me her clothes before you throw yourself. Yeah. On that she's hand got grenade. some That's amazing all. dresses. Yeah. So I really like that. That's one of my good loved... favorite old black and white yeah. ones. No, and it was just a fun watch, too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I am going to say I have one, like, heartbreaking regret and uh, one last movie. So um, um, tell us your heartbreaking regret first so that we can forget about it and we can enjoy the last movie. I was so heartbroken that I could not find... Um, uh, Night Watch. 
uh, which is a Russian vampire oh. movie uh, that came um, out. I, I share your heartbreak. We've had so, this conversation. Yeah, it came out in 2004, and all of us who were like, oh, there's this gorgeous Russian vampire film, you know, let's watch it right when it first came out. If you got it right when it first came out in 2004, it had these beautiful animated subtitles oh, God, that were, were almost so, so gorgeous, so, so gorgeous, almost a part of the story. Right. Like, as an as a explanation, the subtitle, the letters when a vampire would speak, the letters would dissolve into drops of blood. It was just it was just fucking amazing. Blood and smoke, they would just dissolve. Oh. And when someone was yelling, the subtitles would get bigger and bigger, and they would move like they were vibrating. It was amazing, and it was a, a very you know, moderately by the numbers yes. vampire film. It was a fun movie. But, it had a lot of cool stuff in it. But the subtitles elevated it to a different piece of art. Uh-huh. The thing is, the distribution company, which I believe was Sony, when they released it in the U.S., they had this one release that had the animated subtitles. When it did its primary release, it was just basic. And, and I bought a copy of it on Amazon VOD and it you wasn't even a you couldn't watch it with subtitling. You could only option was watching it dubbed. Nightmare. And Ugh. and it and it it's just terrible. And the thing is it's like I could spend the money on say eBay trying to find original versions of it, but they're all just ripped copies. And, and I could throw a whole bunch of money away and still never get because right, nobody because advertises it. It doesn't say on the box, it just says subtitled. And you're like, oh, is this the good so, subtitles or the bad subtitles? Let me talk to a bunch of the old school goth DJs I know across the yeah. country. Because that was a movie that got shown in clubs. Oh, I'm sure. And there's got to be somebody I know who has <laughs> that release and yeah. who at least can, you know, I help me track one down. I of it. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. will And so I will it just broke my heart because it, it's basically, I mean, I could watch it, but I, I can't even find it. I can't bring I, myself to Russian. watch it. Yeah, if it doesn't those have subtitles, those animated subtitles, those, it was beautiful. Those added to the film so much. much. It's like, why isn't everybody doing this? We have computers, people. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine it was super hard to do, and that's why they don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one is my last movie is is a girl walks home alone at night, oh, and it oh. is it is a <laughs> Iranian. Dracula Western. It, it is, is great, and it's it's a very stylized black and white movie um, that was show uh, shot and um, uh, filmed completely in God. What is the language? Farsi. In Farsi, I believe. Yeah. Um. And but it's it's just it's it's beautiful and. It's got a body pit. It's got, they've got a body pit. And see, I didn't they, really like that movie. It was too slow for me. It is a and very, it's, it's very slow. Very, it's it an art film very, that has vampire elements in yep. it. So and it's just, and, all and, of I just the didn't like it of her. A lot of people do. Of her skateboarding. Yes. With, with her cape just flowing behind her. I do love those. There's scenes. an animated, there's like a little cartoon version of that that I've seen floating uh, around on Tumblr. So I'll try and grab it for you. And, it's just, it's another I, one of those movies that treats vampirism as this alien thing that runs kind of akin to humanity. Yes. Yeah. And and she gets to step her foot in when she feels like it. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it is very, I mean, the city that they live in is called Bad Town, I yes. believe. Yeah. And it's, um, the, what was her second movie? Um, 
God, I can see the I can see the cover for it. It's the one that's got Bad Batch. Bad Batch. The yeah. Bad Batch, which I didn't which I like nearly as much. Yeah, and I Despite Jason Momoa being in it and wearing glasses so he looks smart. <laughs> Aww. I I wish he did something for me, but he does not. That's okay. Anyway, but I, I just I love I love how stylized it is. I love that fucking cat. I love that cat. We wanted the cat to get its own There's sequel. There's a scene... Okay, I didn't like that movie, but there was a scene where she's skateboarding around at night, and she meets this drunk guy coming from a costume party, and he's dressed as yeah. Dracula. He's the secondary lo- character. Yeah, so. I love that scene. And she takes him home. And she takes him home, and that is so sweet and funny. Yes. And I loved that scene, but I didn't like anything else about the movie. I loved I loved the uh, the the drug dealer that they end up that ends up getting killed, and the the prostitute whose life he's just making hell. Oh. And I, I love the scene where she comes upon the car that he's stolen from the male protagonist, and and he's just been the the pimp has just been fucking making her life hell, and he's not there. And she and he goes has a up, giant face tattoo that says "pimp" in Arabic. Yeah, yes, yeah. and she fucking keys his car. Yes, and yeah. I just. I was like, yes. yes. Anyway, so that's my last movie. Yeah. Um, my last movie, again, is one of those ones where it's not necessarily unknown, but the movie that it is the remake of, the original casts such a long shadow over it. Yeah. That I think not... It was one of those movies where it got a theatrical run of like maybe a week and a half, and then <laughs> it vanished forever. And I know you don't like it as much as the original. Which is, I have an incredible soft spot in my heart for the remake of Fright Night. Oh, I oh like so it. do I. Oh, my God. See, I, I love... I, I like I'm, the original. I like, I like the original. The but, but I imprinted on the first I movie. Know, so. but I understand. Marnie Nixon, who really started out writing episodes of Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. this was Oh, one, she writes Dietland. This no, was one of her first... Marnie Noxon. Yeah, this was one yeah. of her first uh, film scripts. There, the... Uh, the geeky kids, you know, using phone cam footage to try and figure out what's going on. You know, is he really a vampire? But what makes the movie for me, what completely hands down is why I love this movie, is David Tennant as, so the, as the Las Vegas magician. Yeah, he's who's entire, he's, His so, entire thing is he fights the powers of darkness in these amazing stage shows, and he's incredibly sleazy, and his entire penthouse apartment is full of all of these occult artifacts. artifacts. I know. And every... Every time I while watch it, his while he's drinking his Midori, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh God, I'm going to end up living in his apartment. This is what I'm turning uh-huh. into. That's oh, right. dear God in heaven. But it's <laughs> That just, was the finest part that, of that entire, like, see what I, like I liked hunger. about it. Like, if that could just be the movie for yeah. me. I felt like it was a return to scary vampires. Yes. Because the vampire in Fright Night 2, or Fright Night the Remake, is... Yeah, Fright so Night Two implacable. is a different. Is a different movie. Yeah, he, he <laughs> really is. I mean, he, he is, is implacable. He knows what he wants. He will not be stopped. He and will again, dig through your an, walls. He's another. You know, very. There is no humanity in there. Him, no, and, and I love that about it. And to to tie that into a much larger pop culture movement, um, that was actually my main objection to the Twilight series. Because 
I, I again, I want my vampires to err on the monstrous side. Yeah. I do not want my vampires to spend a hundred years in going high to school. high school all the time and being vegetarians. This is not what I'm in the genre for. No. And, I mean, yes, it, it sets up, you know, it models abusive relationship behaviors for teenage girls. Whatever. That's just pearl clutching over whatever a young woman is reading. That I don't care about. Right. But... The fact that you have this alien family of vampires and they're all going to high school repeatedly. Why would you do that to yourself? And the thing I have dreams like that where I'm back in high yeah. school and they are not good dreams. And and the thing <laughs> is I would love to see a talented writer do a rewrite of it because there are the bones of a really fucking scary book in there. You know, yeah. here is this completely alien monstrous creature who goes to high school so he can stalk young women as snacks. That I would think, totally I think, be creepy. I think that's R. Kelly. You're right. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Maybe I don't want it'll that be, It'll be an R. Kelly biopic. But that was, that was one of the things that always made me really angry about that series. And again, you know, everyone brings up the, oh, sparkling vampires, blah, blah, blah. No, I am here to tell you in the opening page of Vampire Lestat, Lestat talks to me, oh, I am the vampire Lestat. I have lived for 250 years. If I am under fluorescent lights, my skin has a, a diamond-like luminescence to it. Yeah. No, Lestat sparkles. Do not come for us glittery vampires, man. <laughs> we will eat you. I don't have anything against the vampires <laughs> sparkling... I feel like the storytelling is weak. Oh, the storytelling is completely weak. It's, yeah, oh my god. It's, it is not a well-written book. But my, my favorite thing about the Twilight series is Robert Pattinson's deathless loathing for the entire series yeah. and every oh, time he I had to do for that press kid. for those movies. It's he, like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna be so... Oh, God. The, the At least now of I have a teeth. reel I can show to a sizzle reel. Can you reel. wear less of a rictus grin? <laughs> no. No, I really don't no, think I No, no, he can't. Ah, oh, that poor kid. <laughs> he's doing okay, though. Now he's getting yeah, to be in movies fine. where he acts, and I think that's good for him. Well, yeah. from, from what I remember, he got a decent paycheck for each of those movies. Oh, yeah, so he got a lot of money He was from smart him. and set it aside, and, yeah. and now he can do things he likes. Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to name off a list of books? I Well, I actually, well, I have a list of books. Well, I I'm we're only, still going to talk about Twilight. I'm this could only, go on forever. I am only going to name one book okay. because this is this is one that came out in 2009. I found it at Powell's when I was there doing a reading for Gothic Charm School. It is called Blood is the New Black. And it is essentially a vampire take on The Devil Wears Prada. So it's a vampire that gets a job at a fashion magazine? It's a, it's a girl who her mother was a fashion designer who has vanished, who left her family and vanished. And, you know, the, the girl's studying to be an EMT. You know, she's out of college. She's really, she's been angry about all of this. And her fabulous fashionista aunt gets her an internship at the hottest fashion magazine published out of New York, Tasty. And the girl is like... I don't want to do this. Neuron's like, okay, what, you know, what if you decide you don't want to be an EMT? You know, go do this. This is something you can do. She does, and gradually over the course of the book, you discover the entire editorial staff of the magazine are all vampires. <laughs> and the the woman, the woman who is a, a very 
thinly veiled vampire version of Anna Wintour from Vogue. Mm, yes, there all are. She's, I mean, <laughs> they talk about her gorgeous, you know, almost like Victorian governess meets dominatrix outfits mm-hmm. and her giant sunglasses and carrying around her parasol. If anyone can make parasols happen, it's her. And they keep getting, they all drink these, you know, what have to be like beet juice smoothies. Right. And so it is... It is a great look at the fashion industry because knowing some of the stuff I do about the fashion industry publishing side, you know, it's completely accurate. But then that slow dawning realism, you know, the cafeteria at the Oldham building where Tasty has their offices does not serve anything with garlic. And it's just, it's great. It's this, it's marketed as like one of those paranormal yeah, no it's a it's a paranormal romance taunt you know rom-com sort of thing but it's really cleverly done it's just it's really smart it's by valerie stevens and and it charmed you it charmed the hell out of me the last time i called (laughs) the vampire bookcase that was actually one of the ones i kept so i could make room for i didn't have to like triple shelf everything finally yeah all right well, I thought this was just an absolute blast. It was fun. This was fun. <laughs> Let's talk about vampire movies more. Next week, vampires. <laughs> Next week, well-known vampire films. <laughs> wait, wait, I have a list for that, too. <laughs> the week after that, vampire films with female vampires. <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> you are a All list. Right. Hey. <laughs> All right, see you guys in two weeks. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and thieves about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>